Hello again. Welcome to the ESBS Podcasts. I am Melina Vega de Zeniga. And joining me here today is Professor Ulf Herin, surgeon scientist and professor at the Department of Vascular Surgery at the Karolinska University Hospital and Karolinska Institute in Stockholm, Sweden, and the head of the organizing committee of the upcoming ESVS Translational Science Meeting, which will be held precisely in Stockholm on the 3rd and 4th of June. And joining us too is Moritz Lindekvist Liliekvist, resident in vascular surgery and PhD at the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm. Thank you both for sharing some time and thoughts with me and our listeners. Thank you, Melina. This is the third ESVS Translational Science Meeting that has been organized so far. The first was held in June 2020 during the lockdown period of the COVID pandemic. We actually had to reconvert the program, which had already been organized, to an online virtual meeting, and we held each session on five consecutive afternoons, Monday to Friday, in one week, in June 2020. I remember well, because I was then part of the organizing committee too, and we had to improvise and reinvent the meeting. This was actually the first meeting like this held online. We performed an experiment, which worked very well, and which was later mirrored in a good number of meetings during the next year. Remember that adventure, Oh, yes, I do, with some horror and pleasure at the same time. Yeah, we actually made the decisions in about 48 hours. I mean, do we cancel it or do we reconvert it to online? And I think we made the right decision. I think so, too. Well, that 2020 meeting made a global overview of vascular disease from a translational science point of view. The second meeting was held on-site in Stockholm in 2022, because this is a biannual meeting, and focused on chronic lymph-threatening ischemia. Now, this third edition is entitled Frontiers in Precision Medicine for Peripheral Vascular Disease. What will we be able to learn this year? Well, I think that the program now was really trying to catch up on what is probably going to be the biggest impact of basic science on our clinical practice that we have seen in many years when it comes to issues related to vascular surgery and peripheral vascular disease. And the reason that I'm saying that is that I think that we now are working independently in so many areas where we are looking at better ways to uh, tailor treatments for our patients and making decisions more based on individual features of the patient we have in front of us in many different aspects. And this is where you can see how basic science and clinical practical vascular surgery is actually coming together into something that would be very powerful, we believe, for our patients. And the examples are many on how we can see that. And what we will try to cover is issues and examples of precision medicine and vascular surgery where we're very close to it today. For example, deciding on which patients with an aneurysms we actually should intervene on, not just you know using algorithms that are based on historical data on the diameter of an aneurysm, and this is when you should do surgery and not do surgery, because the shape and the imaging of the aneurysm can tell you so much more. We also have carotid disease, where we know today that we probably very soon need to be more personalized in order to improve the efficacy of, for example, carotid endarterectomy in our patients. 
Absolutely. And actually, the program includes some really fascinating lectures like precision medicine for aneurysms that you were talking about, genetic risk in AAA, plasma biomarkers for unstable atherosclerosis, or machine learning algorithms in risk prediction for patients with CLTI. This is really what's coming to our everyday clinical practice, isn't it? Yeah, we think so. Yes, absolutely. And I think that in highlighting this in a meeting in the ESVS format, but now with the translational perspective, I think will also facilitate this kind of focus also for the general ESVS audience in the near future. It would be very interesting to see, I mean, all of these advanced technologies, precision medicine and um, trying to use modern techniques to customize treatments for conditions we have been treating for a long time. They go through these steps. You discover a new method, then you need to make it complex enough to work, but not more complex than that. You need to validate it. And then you need to find if there is a clinical usefulness for it. And it will be, for me, extremely interesting to see how how far different um, biological predictors, biomarkers, machine learning techniques, how far they have come in these stages towards uh, the vascular surgery clinical practice. Because the spirit of this meeting is bridging basic science from bench to bedside, seeking clinical application. How do you do that? How do you transmit that in a meeting? The solution we have taken and uh, been using for many, many years is, uh, well, first of all, to try to make sure that the audience, the delegates, actually consist of a mix of basic scientists and clinical researchers and clinicians, uh, together with some that actually also span in between our true translational scientists. So I think that's one of the the ways we're trying to do that. The, The other way to do it is actually something we have been using for many years, and that is to also include a keynote lecture from a clinically active vascular and internationally recognized vascular surgeon who actually tries to frame the session and frame the questions into what is clinical practice. For this meeting, we have, for example, invited a number of key individuals. Uh, There are also key individuals in the ESVS community that will try to address some of these issues with respect to precision medicine from their clinical horizon, and in that way, tie together the information we can get from true scientists, clinical scientists, but also translational and basic scientists, and how they can address the questions in an understandable way for the audience. The composition of the program is actually meant also for a sort of a transmission of knowledge into clinical practice. Why is it important that clinicians know about basic science? One of the first things we learned in the vascular surgery group at Karolinska is that if you're doing translational science, you need to start with the human condition and go from there. And then you can dig quite deep into various pathophysiological mechanisms and advanced machine learning, very high level techniques to predict or to try to find um, medications. But you need to start with the human condition. And that's, of course, the clinical question and the human samples, the imaging, all of this comes from the clinicians to start with. So they they are needed in this process. And many times they are thinking about quite relevant research questions that are well posed, but they maybe cannot themselves answer. 
due to lack of biological training or engineering skills. So I think it's quite important that they come to these meetings, hear what kind of techniques are available to answer these questions, but also that the preclinical scientists and engineers get to meet them to find these questions in the first place. And I'd like to ask both of you, you're both at different points of your career. At what point of a clinician's career is it important to start or to deepen into this knowledge? Start junior as resident or work your questions when you already have a basis and you're a junior consultant and then your senior years all through? What do you think? This is something that I think we have been working on and contemplating and discussed for many, many years. How do you create a unit where this is also one of the, uh, the strengths of the unit where you actually implement basic science and more basic research into the work you're doing at the clinic? And I think you need a, a mix. I think you need everything. You need everyone and you need clinicians that are hardcore clinicians You need experimentalists that may have a background in basic science if you want to broaden your possibilities to actually do impact scientifically in your disease that you're working with. So I think the combination of many is the solution to it. You also need people with good knowledge in epidemiology and how to run clinical studies. Maybe for smaller units, this is probably practically not possible, but we are a large unit and and we have the resources, the funding and the patients and the environment where we can do this. But I think you also need to create a culture and the culture comes through many, many years of working with this in mind. It's a challenge to just start up, I think, for most people. But I think you also need to remove some of the aspects of maybe not seeing this as being important when you treat your patients. And I can agree. I mean, for many clinicians, maybe your most interesting thing is uh, which new standcraft you're going to use. But maybe in the future, the patient is actually going to ask you, yeah, okay, I like the graph, but what is it doing to my body? Is this something that will integrate in a way where my health will not be affected in the long run? Or looking at genetics, you may frown upon it today. A a true vascular surgeon may be uninterested in looking into the patient's genetics when he talks about the risk of this or that happening in the future. But it's not going to take long until the patients are going to come to us and actually ask us, What is the best choice? Because this is my genetic background. So I think we need to be there. And this is, I think, something that our meeting is actually good and has a potential to reduce some of the friction that may sometimes be apparent in true clinical meetings towards this kind of science. And keeping an open mind to the horizon of our specialty, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think, Moritz? How do you see this? Yeah, sure. And you, you also asked what, when you should start engaging this kind of science. And almost all medical school programs include quite basic science and basic processes, mechanisms. And there's a reason for that, of course. You need to, some level, understand what the medications are doing and what you're actually doing when you're performing surgery. I think that same rationale is still valid when you are a resident or a specialist consulting doctor. For me, it's it's been great to engage in basic science and imaging techniques early on. It's given me a different perspective on what we're doing in the clinic. And also, of course, it facilitates ideas on how to develop further 
what kind of projects to pursue further when you can observe the residency also from that perspective. But I don't think it's too late for someone who has already become specialist to engage in at least read what's new, what kind of basic science and imaging epidemiology methods that are available. I think it's more accessible than people think. And you don't need to be able to perform the experiments maybe yourself, but I think it helps to understand what kind of techniques are available to answer different research questions, even if you're mostly focused on the clinical side of medicine. Great point. Now, going back to the meeting, this ESVS translational meeting is part of a network collaboration with other translational initiatives, like the European Symposium of Vascular Biomaterials, the ESVB, held in Strasbourg since 2001, and now on alternate years to the ESVS translational meeting. And the Vascular Research Initiatives Conference, the VRIC, part of the American SVS activities and held every year in the US. How do these collaborations take place? How do they help shape the program? And do they result in collaboration in research programs between all these elements? Well, when it comes to the ESVB, that's a very tight relationship. It's like a brother-sister relationship, I would say with the uh, organization of the ESVB also being intimately involved in planning of the program to our meeting and the other way around that we also try to contribute to the ESVB by uh, contributing especially to their first afternoon or the first day of that meeting where they also focus on basic science and have a lot of abstracts and young trainees presenting papers where we are actively involved. So I think that this is sort of a mutual uh, benefit for both meetings, uh, the fact that we can work like this. The uh, ESVB and GEPROVAS, the organization behind ESVB, are also sponsors of some of the awards that we have at our meeting. So it's a big involvement in between us, I would say. With respect to the American meeting, the VREC, that was actually sort of the inspiration to our meeting from the very beginning, 20 years ago, when we had this meeting in another form. With them, we do have a collaboration and some of the winners of our awards at this meeting will be offered a chance to come and present at the VREC. The problem has been that they time-wise does uh, overlap in a way that it's, it would be best if there were like six months in between, but we have not been able to achieve that. But there is an ongoing discussion on how to do this. Of course, we also try to engage in presenting our abstract to VRIC and have them also come to us and present at the meeting. So there's a constant exchange of ideas through these meetings. Abstract submission for the 2024 ESVS translational meeting is still open. It will close on the first day of March. Ulf, what kind of submissions are you hoping to receive? Who can send their abstracts? And how is the selection done? Well, actually, we're quite permissive to the kind of abstracts and the focus of the abstracts. Of course, if one have research related to the main theme of the meeting, they have a better chance of being selected for oral presentation. So that's what we will be aiming for. But for us, it's much more important that we get the delegates to come, uh, participate in the meeting, and actually share some of the science that's being presented. And when doing that, submitting abstracts that basically cover anything that you're doing with your research is possible. So we don't really have 
any reason not to send an abstract to the meeting. Yeah, we welcome vascular research in general, in particular, of course, translational vascular surgery research, and if possible, uh, research related to precision medicine. But we are open to any abstract submissions. Will the selected authors be able to present the work remotely through an online connection if they couldn't travel to Stockholm or do they have to be on site in Stockholm? No, that is a possibility. Of course, it's something that we don't want to encourage and we don't really want to do that because we think that the meeting itself would be so much more valuable for participants by being on site. And, you know, maybe we will have a pandemic soon again and then we won't be able to meet. So let's grab the chance and actually meet up in Stockholm on June 3rd and 4th of this year instead of sitting at home in a dark room doing a Zoom presentation. Networking is an important part of a meeting, and Stockholm in June is gorgeous. All listeners out there, don't lose the chance to submit your research. I compassionately recommend submitting and attending. The meeting atmosphere is great. The content is cutting edge. What is up and coming? Multidisciplinary, and with an eye always on applicability. The new Karolinska facilities are superb, and the networking is first rate. The meeting is overall an unmissable experience. Thank you for uh, advertising the meeting with such an enthusiasm. Of course, we agree. This is exactly the way one should describe this meeting. And also the networking. I think we had such a great time the last time we had that. I think Moritz and I remember some evenings on a rooftop bar (laughs) with people that were part of the meeting. Uh, Let's do that again. Oh, yes. Stockholm in June is a beautiful time to be here. We look forward a lot to this meeting. Thank you so much, Ulf and Moritz, for sharing your thoughts here today. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and a final scoop. The ESVS podcast will be there in Stockholm in June, recording material live at the meeting, which we will release on the air to give you the best and the newest, just like we did in the ESVS annual meeting in Belfast last year. So follow us. Thank you all for listening. More to come soon. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.